This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Listen up, all you New York fans. Veteran New York sports talk host John Dostromsky gives his unique take on all the big stories in the Big Apple and beyond, including guest conversations, gambling picks, and reactions from you, the listener. Check out New York, New York with John Dostromsky on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. Dave. Best professional wrestling Halloween costume of all time. Oh, man. Does the gobbledygook? No, that doesn't count. Does the, uh, oh man, I guess if we go before PG era days, my answer would be somewhere in there, the trick or treat, uh, you know, diva battle Royals back there. I'm sure our answer is in there somewhere, but it's definitely not the state puff marshmallow, man. I could tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in terms of like the, the reactions that you would get, right. In oh, yeah. terms of, there's a lot of different criteria you could put on there, obviously, but like, what do you think would be the best, like you're walking down the streets of New York, New Jersey, Brooklyn, wherever you may be, what you think like, like Kaz as the Undertaker, like old school <laughs> Undertaker might be, might be up there. I was, uh, you know, I, I dressed up as Sting before. I was Black Sting for a ho- one Halloween. Mm-hmm. Wait, which was, era Sting are we talking about? Crow Sting well, I was, or I Surfer was Crow Sting? Sting? I was definitely okay. not Surfer Sting. Couldn't pull off Surfer Sting. I was Black Crow Sting and I was... um. Shinsuke Blackamora a few years ago, maybe wow. like four or five years ago, which is one of my favorite costumes, by the way. But I guess my favorite wrestling Halloween costume has to go John Cena, Vanilla Ice, because he just like didn't take the costume off for like three years. He was he was Vanilla Ice for one random backstage SmackDown segment. And they were like, you know what? Let's do that for the next 12 years. And he became one of the greatest of all time. Gotta love Dang. it. Dang. <laughs> I mean, I think that some of the classics are are just sitting right there, right? I mean, I don't know who would want to be out there as Hulk Hogan now, but you'd probably get a big reaction. Uh, yes. Macho yes. Man Randy Savage, I think, is a great one because you got the robe is key for being outside in Halloween weather, right? Very true. Very. Got to buy somebody yes. with the full outfit. Years Very ago, true. years ago, before even before like there were like like before lucha libre was a thing that had permeated the culture to the point where there were like children's books about it and stuff like that <laughs> uh me and my buddy got uh uh el santo masks i like ordered them off <laughs> off the internet and we got like silver capes nice and it was it was listen i'm going to be totally honest it, the the move was just to like have a costume that would just be two little pieces that you could wear over whatever you were wearing, right? You didn't have to go all the way in because you're doing party hopping and some of the parties are a little bit less costume centric than others. Yeah. So you yeah. wanted to have the commitment, but not the commitment. Yes. Um, but, if I could, if I could wig it up and throw on a jacket of some sort, that's as far as I'm going. Like even the fact that I went all the way with Black Eye Sting, 
It was a little bit too much of a commitment for myself. That was a lot of face paint and a lot of washing that have ha, that had to take place to pull that off. Yeah. Well, on the streets of the Lower East Side, El Santo was way over. Like it was <laughs> like there were people like coming out of the back, like every place that we went, like people on the street coming, like people would turn around El Santo and like whispering El Santo. Like, Babe, you know, I'm, like people, je- I'm jealous of you. I'm jealous of you. I could never pull off a Luce Libre mask. My head is very big. And I've tried on like Rey Mysterio masks and 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 the Sin Cara masks in my in my time, and my in, in, enormous cranium just can't handle all that latex around my face. So the fact that you pulled that off, there's a big part of me that's very very jealous. Uh, I could pull it off in terms of fitting the mask over my head. I do have a very big head. I could not pull it off in terms of, it, it was very difficult to drink. I mean, we were ordering, you know, like Corona's, just like something in a bottle because that was the only way to really like get it through the mouth hole. And even then we were think we were trying to figure out if we could pull off a straw with the Corona. Anyway, <laughs> it's Halloween time and uh, this is the Masked Man Show. Let's get going. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I have Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to You're listening to You're listening to And you're listening to You are listening to, you are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? Doing all right, brother. How about yourself? Good, good. I thought that we'd open up today. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, we got some big Ring of Honor news. Don't say that very often. We got a lot of AEW, Raw, Halloween Havoc stuff to talk about. Some drama on SmackDown. Um, WWE has a, uh, released all their big pay-per-view dates for next year. There's a lot to talk about. But I thought that just in honor of the Halloween holiday, yes, we would start off with a very special Halloween edition of Sell or No Sell. Now, just in case you, you people listening to this turn off the podcast halfway through and you're not familiar with the gimmick, it's like <laughs> buy or sell, but it's flipped because, you know, in wrestling, if you sell, that means you're like down with it, right? I'm selling your punch. And no sell means I'm just going to stone face it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, so, mm-hmm. so sell is good. No sell is uh, I'm staring at you like you're an idiot. All right? <laughs> okay. All right. Kaz, sell or no sell? Uh, AEW's newest superstar, Son of Fuego, Fuego 2, mm. um, a.k.a. Cody Rhodes in a mask. Sell or no sell? I am going to sell for this. I'm selling for this because I could kind of tell, unless Cody Rhodes is, which I'm willing to bet, is much more of a bigger wrestling mastermind than we give him credit for. It's having sort of a personality crisis over the past several months, right? Like, it's kind of like he wants to be Homelander, but he kind of wants to be this family guy. And all in the, in the midst of all this, he was like, you know what? I'm going to go down the dark or dark elevation <laughs> and uh, turn into this Luce Libre uh, character, which I'm always from the conquistadors to, to, you know, Chris Jericho donning the mask a few times. And I'm always a sucker for white guys and masks and trying to, you know, get in a little bit of that. Just a, just a smidge of that uh, cor- cor- 
uh, you know, cultural appropriation. You know what I mean? Just, I, just a smidge, just a safe amount, which I love. You know, so I'm selling this. I like it. I really. I'm going to sell for this too, and I think you know there's been there's been a lot of back and forth about Cody over the uh, span of AEW, and and even up until last night, Cody cuts a promo in which he acknowledges that he hears us and he hears all the. All the uh, all the bluebirds, well, yeah, everything that we've been saying on podcasts such as this. Um, but I think you know that you could you talked about the different kind of iterations, what's going on with this character, blah blah blah. I think that one of the real things that that is missing with Cody, and one of the reasons why it's hard to connect with him, mm-hmm. is because you know he's people talk about how he's in a separate universe in AEW. But the real thing that defines that universe is earnestness, right? It's like he's he's the only one on the show not having fun. And yeah. it's okay to be like in character and mad and stuff. But there's a point there's just a point where it's just like it's just a little bit of a, a downer, you know? And this Son of Fuego Fuego 2 is Cody having fun and I'm all in for it. Okay, next, Seller No Sell. It's I'm sorry. It's related. <laughs> Brian Danielson wrestling on AW Dark as Infinito. What, what is your <laughs> is that a sell or no sell? Again, as a fan of just a, a sprinkle of cultural appropriation, which you can only get away with in the beautiful world of professional wrestling, <laughs> I'm always a fan of white guys. Now, is he in a mask when he's doing this? Is he yeah, in a mask? Full, bo- full body suit, full mask. Yes. Oh, you can't oh. see him at all. Love it. Love people were it. doing people were doing hand comparisons because that's the only part of him that was exposed. And he finished with an airplane span. I mean, there's some very Daniel Sinney stuff in there. It's funny because he gave an interview this at the same time where he's like, I need to wrestle less because I go yeah. too hard. But it looked like he's out there having a good time. Yo, uh, lowest of keys, my favorite Daniel Bryan run. One of my favorite Daniel Bryan runs was Saturday morning slam Daniel Bryan. If you guys have never seen uh Tyson Kidd versus Daniel Bryan. I think it was Tyson Kidd versus Daniel Bryan at Saturday Morning Slam. It's the campiest, just hilarious, like 1930s, 40s style, just goofy pro wrestling matches you could ever see. That I don't think anybody watched, and I think it was the only reason why it, it got you got away with it in WWE. Um, yeah, if it's if it's Saturday Morning Slam, Daniel Bryan, then yes, I'm big, big, big selling for it. Just waiting for the day we can get El Generico back. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 well, now it's you never like know. well, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll I'll put a, I'll, I'll leave that one where it stands. I I totally agree. Um, all right, next, sell or no sell? Kyla Braxton dressing up as Paul Heyman on the bump. <laughs> um, did you see this? I did not see this. I did not. Well, see it's this. exactly what you would imagine. Except I, ima- it's not like a full like CGI like a, like a like. A, I was about you know. to say. Here's the thing, Dave. I never wanted to imagine this. <laughs> I never wanted to imagine. Shout out Kayla Braxton, wonderful lady. Uh, shout out Paul Heyman, another wonderful person. I, I love. Kayla, Kayla brought. It. I mean, it was that was it was commitment, just like you're talking Yo, about with the mask, man. It's, if, it's, it, if it's if it's anything close to her Sami Zayn from last year. Then she's 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 killing it. She's killing it. If, do you remember when she dressed up as Sami Zayn? Yeah, yeah. The last, she's, oh, that was fantastic, fantastic stuff, man. Yeah. All right. Um, let's get a little bit more wrestling centric here. The Dark Order versus the Elite. The <laughs> Halloween costume schmas we saw last night. Um, I never thought you'd hear the phrase. Then who the hell is the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man in real life <laughs> or in or specifically in wrestling? What, what did you think about those get-ups? 
Uh, I, I unfortunately didn't get to see it live as it was happening. Um, I was at the Nets Bulls game, a Nets Heat game, and uh, so I could only react to uh, the social media reaction to it. And in a lot of ways, probably a lot more enjoyable that way, right? Like just seeing the gif of uh, I want to say Nick Jackson standing up and and and, uh, and an unveiling. Of a Steve Puff Marshmallow Man. And, and again, mm-hmm. before I answer No Sell or No Sell, shout out AEW digging into deep, deep, deep depths of uh, their um, IP of Warner and HBO and Turner and all those things. Being able to do stay, uh, the Ghostbusters this week, Space Jam a few weeks ago. Like, that's how you that's how you make good use of that stuff. But in all seriousness... um. For the sake of this exercise, I'm going to sell it. I love camp. I love funny shit. I love stuff where you're not taking it so seriously. And I think, man, AEW needs a little bit more of that. Like, there's so much, I'm the best, I'm this, I'm wrestler, man, and I'm well-traveled all over the world. Like, you can only do that so much. After a while, I need to be sports entertained just a little bit, okay? You don't got to go full Vince. But yeah. give me a little sprinkle of Vince here and there. And, well, it's amazing uh, how it's amazing it. what it's amazing what you can do when you sort of earn it, right? It's amazing yes. how much more of like a release it is to see your dudes in like in like Ghostbusters costumes if you've like if you've if you've earned it, you know. Yeah. That's not like the if it's not just constant silliness. And there's some silliness inherent in all those, you know, with Dark Order and, and with the elite of late in particular, but. It just feels so much, I don't know. It, it, I just think it, they need to have more fun. I just think they need to, you know, not everything needs to be so work rate, five star, blah, blah, blah. Like, But it's not just a, it's not just a nothing. It's not just a silly throwaway. It's not a throwaway. It helps advance the story. It advances the storyline. They still did the thing where they took the elite photo before they went out, and it was part of the story, too. Because mm. Stay Puft Marshmallow Man had his finger over his over his mouth saying, shush. You know, it's like, keep the secret. <laughs> like, they, they build that into these silly things nobody knows until after the fact. Mm-hmm. You know, and speaking of which, there was this, I don't know how, I don't know if this is too on the nose. I don't know if this was, if this, how, how visible, I mean, this was to the average viewer. But there were several allusions in the match to Adam Cole being dead. And... <laughs> Which is only canon on being the elite, but you could see, you could see Omega sort of have like a weird thing with them that maybe it's the interpersonal feud, but may, beef, but maybe he's a Ghostbuster and he's staring at a ghost, right? I mean, that's there's it's it's good stuff. I gotta buy this. I mean, I gotta sell this. It's this mm-hmm. is Cell City, baby, and that's the compliment version. Um, <laughs> all right, sell or no sell? Dakota Kai in costume as uh, the Grim Reaper with the shovel. Um. Hmm. I'm selling the reveal. I'm no selling Dakota Kai still being on NXT. Yeah. Uh, I was really hoping that she was getting that um, that call up. Um, well, I think she's, you know, I think she'd be a great help for, uh, you know, the, the women's division that really is a, in a lot of flux lately. I mean, I don't even think we got to talk about what happened last week with the whole uh, title exchange, uh, you know, debacle. But um, I would... I would I, I think it's cool that we still we're probably going to get a, a, a proper payoff to the um, Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez saga, uh, but I think she's she's ready for the big show, man. Like let's 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 wrap this up. Let's put a nice little bow on this soon, so we can get her on Raw or SmackDown ASAP. I agree, and the same thing about Raquel. I mean, in some ways, it made it a better moment because she, when when 
when Raquel dropped the title, you were like, all right, see you on SmackDown, right? Or see right. you on Raw or whatever. But um, they're, they're going to take this a little bit further. I mean, this is not a particularly like full-throated defense, but the women's, I mean, the, 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 like the women's division in WWE is just on a beeline course for Survivor Series right now. And mm-hmm. it wouldn't be the worst idea to wait until after that to, to start, you know, debuting new faces. Um, I'm going to no-sell this day, th- this reveal because, for one, they had been teasing this thing with all these promo packages that people were really hyped for. And I'm not really sure. I know this is Halloween Havoc. I know it's pro wrestling. I know it's all kind of inherently silly. But I'm not quite sure I'm down with, like, a promo, a series of serious promo packages that, enti- that the whole purpose is to build up to a Halloween costume. Like, I don't... I'm not all the way in <laughs> on that. And also, and I feel uncomfortable almost treading on this ground but as long as like fluorescent hair color changes are supposed to be meaningful uh, (laughs) in the women's division i'm just not feeling pink for this new character you know i'd rather it be like full goth or something or just you know whatever it's a it's like a grave digger if you're if you're in the anime world like that hot color means you know some real some real darkness some real you're actually right i might have to take that last part back i still gotta stick with my no sell last one sell or no sell Bray Wyatt, a.k.a. Wyndham Rotunda, just tweeted two days. That's the full tweet. Two mm. days. Well, sell or I no don't sell? Know. I'm selling. I mean, there's a part of you that loves a surprise debut or return. Who knows? And there's a part of me that's like, well, what does that really mean? Like, is it going to be right? It's smart of him. It's smart of him to, to whenever he's doing this, to not really tip his hand and say it's going to happen on a Friday. Only time of the week that there's two wrestling shows on on a Friday. So is he going to be on a rampage? Is he going to be on SmackDown? I don't know. Is he just is he just going to tweet a video out like John Moxley when he uh, debuted? I have no flippant clue um and that's what makes uh bray wyatt slash william rotunda very very fun uh you never really know what to expect from him so um i'm all ears i'm selling this because he's got the whole world in his hands (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah i I don't know if that just means two days so the non-compete is up i'm sure somebody's already answered this question but i'm excited to see what happens next you know Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i i don't I have no idea. I have no idea. And I, I'm I'm excited for it. You know, it, yeah. it could be whatever happens, it's gonna be something that we're talking about. So let's sell uh Bray Wyatt. How much how much of a how much of a needle mover do you think Bray Wyatt is? Like if he let's just let's just spitball here, right? If he returns to the WWE or debuts on AEW or just does something completely different altogether. How much of a how much of a needle mover difference making moment do you think he can, you know, garner in a year full of like difference making needle movers, either changing companies or rising within companies or stuff like that? Like, how much do you think in in the hierarchy of of pro wrestling, where do you see big rotunda? That's a good question. My instinct is that the ratings now might not be affected terribly by anybody. Mm. Um, we've got your CM Punk and your Brian Danielson bumps, like, you know, 
there's the perception that the war is going on. You know, there's a battle going on. I'm not, but I, I think, but maybe I'm wrong. I do think that there's something, I do think that what, what Wyndham Rotunda or Bray Wyatt, if he's, I mean, the reason why he's in this Halloween edition of Seller No Cell is because he is usually in a mask, at least in recent spooky, years, you know? Big spooky guy, yeah. If he can, if he does something like that, if he, if he has some, iter- some variation on the Fiend gimmick or just another thing where he's recognizable, the larger than life recognizable character like the Fiend does have a certain sort of stickiness to it, right? Where like if you're flipping channels, you might just be like, oh yeah, this thing. Even if you're, you know, I'm saying if you're like a casual fan or something, you know, and you might, mm-hmm. it, it might have, it ha- might have actually more mainstream sort of gravitas than some of the other big signings, you know? So, mm-hmm. and certainly if you just are watching TV for two seconds, the fiend will grant will draw you in more than like a white dude in briefs that looks like another white dude in briefs from a hundred feet away, you know. So yeah, uh, they they could actually I don't know about moving a needle how you define it, but I think that could be a pretty big get. I mean, my I like the idea of him going to Impact and just sort of running the show, but there's sort of a ceiling to that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that I, I don't I think, think that we, we, a lot of people kind of like poo poo the Impact move. And I don't necessarily poo-poo it. Like, I understand that the AEW relationship is over, but, I mean, I initially immediately think of, you know, the broken universe and, like, Mm -hmm. how Matt Hardy I totally agree. Yeah, like, they really gave Matt Hardy the the reins to that. And Impact was, not that Impact was never not interesting, but it was especially interesting when, you know, that whole broken universe thing was really going on. And I think... I don't think Bray. I don't think William Rotunda is someone who craves um, that huge spotlight as much as he craves creative freedom. And I know he'll get creative freedom in AEW because I think everyone has their fair share of it. But I think he'll get the absolute most of it at Impact, where he'll really be able to like take that show completely over. And, you know, maybe make it into his own vision, much like Matt Hardy did for a, a big period of time in uh, in Impact. So, I mean, I, I I don't know where he's going to go, but, like, I think, you know, there's there's some real interest over there, man. Like, I think they're doing some – I think uh, they, they're, they're doing some things. They're definitely doing some things. And with that AEW partnership being up, you got a new world champion in Moose. You're going to have to take some big swings, and I think this is as big of a swing you can get. But, again, I don't know anything. I don't know where he's going to go. Just kind of uh, fantasy booking that one. Yeah, we're all always fantasy booking with this stuff. I think that there's a great fit at Impact. Don't get me wrong. I just yeah. think that there's there's sort of a ceiling on it. For, for one thing, I mean, and, and listen, you don't have to agree with me. I think that the Impact universe is sort of, especially the at the main event scene, is sort of small enough that I don't know they'd be well suited to have a separate division. That, I mean, mm. not division, but a separate like a parallel timeline. Um, that said he could do a lot of good stuff there, you know? And listen, if, if you're, if you're impact, if you're one of the investors in impact ring of honors, just shut down. We're about to talk about it. Uh, now would be the time to open up the purse strings. If you're going to ever do it, if you're ever going to want to be more than what you're doing now, now's the time. Uh, so, so that you, you, so yeah, grow the whole thing and let, and let Wyndham grow the whole thing. And even if you're not, you push it, even if you're not not cutting the books and impact, or you know, there's there's big check cutters in the world of wrestling now. You got Jeannie Buss doing the world mm-hmm. of women of wrestling. You got 
the cons, you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, WWE, well, like... Well, so listen, that's my thing with AEW, and we can move on after this. I, I there's a... Impact, I sort of, I think feel like I know what that would look like to some extent. Uh, mm -hmm. A return to WWE, which I fantasy booked quietly, like in, you know, my shower time several times over the past month, would be incredible. Uh, and you can kind of imagine what that would look like, you know, what a shock that would be. Mm -hmm. The thing with AEW is I just have a weird sort of like, like discomfort with the idea, not discomfort, like in some sort of moral level, but it's like, I can't really quite imagine how he, what, what he would look like there. You know, I have a hard time processing mm -hmm. and that's why I don't go there immediately, but maybe, and probably that's exactly why he should go there because, well, they, they've got the track record now, right? I mean, and they, and, and. I don't because there's no one really like him. I don't know what he would. I don't know how they would book him, but they've got a track record for figuring it out, right? Yeah, and and making the pieces fit. And if there's anybody that could, if there's anybody out there who's booking a wrestling promotion who can embrace the sort of, you know, spookiness, silliness on some level of what Wyndham Rotunda wants to do, but also can like integrate that into the. I like to punch you in the face mainstream of <laughs> AEW. I think it's probably Tony Khan. And yeah. and I am, even though I can't process it, that's on me. I can't, that makes me more excited on some level to see what he can do. Anxious, nervous, because I think on some level we all want someone to do right by Bray, you know? But yeah. I'm, ex I would be, I'm excited. I'm sure excited. No matter do. what happens next, I'm excited. Uh, we got to move on from Sell or No Sell. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. So the news comes out yesterday through various sources and various tweets and then confirmed by Ring of Honor that after final battle this year, they're just going to like release everybody. There are some people that there's some things like it maybe maybe people with longer term contracts are not released or they're going to honor the contracts for a few months. I, I, I'm kind of setting that aside. The general consensus ne it seems to be Joe Coff was fighting for the promotion and fighting to keep the you know everything going and to keep everybody employed. They did re they really did right through the through the pandemic by all their employees by keeping them paid um, by all their talent spe specifically and. Um, and now it looks like they're just sort of releasing everybody and they're going to reconceptualize this in April. Um, mm. There's a lot of talent over there, man. Uh, there's a lot. There's, I mean, it seems like we only talk about, we only talk about Ring of Honor of late in terms of like when people's contracts are up, which is, you know, 
a little bit of disrespect, I guess, implicitly or whatever. But, um, I mean, Roosh, Bandito, Dragon Lee, Danhausen, mm. uh, Jonathan Grisham, Jonathan Gresham, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, the, the Briscoes, Kenny I mean, King. Oh yeah, Lots Kenny of guys. King. Who they could? I mean, they always found a spot for. But I always felt like, yeah, I mean, it seemed a little bit underpushed. Mm-hmm. Uh, not under push, but like I kind of wish I would kind of hope for more for him. Uh, yeah, yeah. The new women, the new, their, their new, uh, I mean, their current women's champion, Roxy, uh, I think um, trained with or worked with Thunder Rosa. So there might be a connection there. Um, she's great. Tony Deppin. I mean, you could just. Uh, Bandito, I mean, Shane yeah. Taylor promotions. Yeah, yeah, Shane Taylor. I mean, I mean, and, and listen, Mike Bennett, uh, Matt Tavin, uh, no one's going to mention them on the first ballot, but like they're more like TV ready than just about anybody else. There's no mm-hmm. reason why Matt Tavin couldn't be doing the Bobby Fish schedule of like working darks and and losing you know valiantly to CM Punk on the big shows. I mean, right. it, uh, I mean, I've yeah. always I've always had a soft spot for Ring of Honor because that was the first. I always say Ring of Honor was the first promotion that really got me into wrestling outside of the WWE, right? And mm-hmm. post WCWR, my first show. I tweeted this earlier today, but the first non WWE show I've ever been to was uh, Best in the World 2011 uh, in Hammerstein Ballroom. Uh, my friend Emilio Sparks, shout out Emilio Sparks, Russell Rap. You know, he produces Renee's podcast, Oral Sessions, a bunch of stuff. He's a great guy. Uh, we were guests of Chris Hero that day. And Chris Hero's a wonderful, wonderful human being. One of the best uh, human beings, yeah. One of the best the best guys that there absolutely is. Um, invited us to the show because I told him, you know, I'd never, I'd never, you know, seen it live. And I'd love to check it out. And I'm just looking at that card from that night. And I just remember just being like literally one of the best wrestling shows I've ever seen in my life to that point. I look at that that card. I mean, the dark match is the Young Buck versus Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. And like you got Tommaso Ciampa, Colt Cabana, Jay Lethal, Mike Bennett, Rhino, um, Steve Carino, El Generico winning the World Television Championship. You got the world's greatest tag team, Shelton Benjamin, the Briscoes, All Night Express, Cesaro and 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 Chris Hero, Kings of mm-hmm. Wrestling. You know what I mean? Like and the main event, Davey Richards versus Eddie Edwards, like that was a show where, you know, 11 years ago, I'm seeing that for the first time, like really in in live in living color, like front row. And just be like, if you remember where mainstream wrestling was at that point, it's not hyperbole to say like, that's a show that changes your life because you see that. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, God damn, like Oh no, I used to whenever I used is, to go to those Hammerstein shows that they would run, I would go out I would deliberately bring I would deliberately bring uh a non wrestling friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I I went and you know, Emilio had been to a bunch of shows yet, but I hadn't and I was con- converted immediately after it's that such an experience incredible an experience. experience and just seeing where literally everybody on that card is right now and where they've gone on to do it's it's pretty incredible stuff very incredible it is so this is a sad day you know i mean yeah, who knows what's going to happen next um but i mean like 
there's a lot of talent. I think we're kind of past the point of fantasy booking like a Ring of Honor inv- invasion angle in AEW or whatever. I'm not quite sure how meaningful that would be, but there's a fact. There's a couple of factions you could put together with relative ease. Everybody on the internet, everybody on the wrestling, the internet wrestling community is mm. clamoring for Danielson Gresham, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Dragon Lee and Roosh have, you know, some real life backstory with Andrade that would be almost insane for AEW not to exploit because those are just two world-class talents. Bandito, too. I mean, you get Bandito uh, in there with Phoenix and, I mean, you could have at a bare minimum a match that would live on in Twitter gifts for the rest of time. Um, <laughs> there's just, a, it's 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 kind of exciting. You know, it's sad for Ring of Honor, but I do think there's going to be an opportunity for Ring of Honor if they're actually true, if they're actually honest about you know, continuing on because as we talk, as we keep talking about, there's a lot of talent that's out there, you know, and and if you, you actually have the ability now to do a smaller scope show that you wouldn't have been able to do a couple years ago. You know, it's like, like you could do, you, you have a much better shot at doing a Lucha Underground style thing now than, than you once were. And it would be mm-hmm. fun to see somebody just, you know, do it. There's a lot of talent out there. There's a lot of people who are really, who are really content to be part-time employees in the United States because there's money to be made in Japan and in Mexico, you know? I mean, there's there's a lot of different things that you could do. So who knows what they're going to do? I hope that they keep going. Ring of Honor has such a great history and um, is such an important forerunner to, so, to what wrestling looks like today, you know? I mean, it was the, the, so much of what we have is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really... Really, I mean, they they influence current wrestling probably more than ECW influenced the Attitude Era. It's crazy. One thousand percent. You know, so I, like I agree. And there's a built-in storyline there because I mean, like, you ask certain folks, I don't agree with this, but like, there's certain people that believe AEW's arrival was almost like the kiss of death for Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like at that time, yeah. like Cody Rhodes was the top guy. The Young Bucks were over there. I mean, the Bullet Club was things they could you know peruse in and out of and everybody was always talking about oh wow this is going to be bad for WWE it's going to be bad for them. I'm like nah bro this is going to be bad for the ring of honors of the world the impacts of the world like those companies that are on the fringe that really needed those type of talents to yeah. keep that show popping i mean like i don't know where marty scroll is he went back to his home planet never to be heard from again like but yeah, it was well. kind of like a it was it was a bunch of unfortunate circumstances in a row on top of a global pandemic that really put ROH in, in, a, in a pretty unenviable spot. So uh, it sucks for them. Um, but I, I do believe, um, you know, there's too much talent there for anybody to fall out of place too long. And I think there's so much built in ready-made story with ROH, you know, cast offs and AEW, mm-hmm. especially with Cody Rhodes and the young bucks, um to well that's i mean that's got to be mentioned right i mean the the bucks the elite cody when they left i mean that was it (laughs) that was that's that was sort of it ring of honor Honor, show but yeah (laughs) well ring of honor you know helped them out a lot with the with the you know technical side of all in and everything else and and uh they did not exactly reap the rewards um but it's uh i mean Listen, I think there's a lot of people whose first reaction was like, Tony Khan should just buy it, just buy the name, just have Ring of Honor be your like Saturday show or whatever. But <laughs> I think that AEW is actually in a place where that's not necessary or particularly interesting. Right. Somebody tweeted they could imagine Tony Khan buying the, the tape library 
not to, for a streaming service, but just so he could like, like tweet out one match or like put one, just start posting them on like wrestling message boards just for the mm-hmm. good of all, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which would be amazing. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's a sad day for Ring of Honor. Uh, we'll hope they figure out some way to keep going and to keep that legacy alive. But uh, and, and I hope that every all these people, all these folks find a way to keep cash and checks. I think we know a lot of them will. And it's going to be exciting to see where it goes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now to the exciting parts of the show. What do you want to start with? Uh, AEW, I have notes on just like every show needs to be discussed this week. SmackDown, Raw, NXT Halloween Havoc, and last night's AEW. Do you want to go in order? Or do you just want to grab bag it? You you pick the order. Let's grab bag it. Um, uh, Let's talk. I think we talked a lot of AEW early. Let's let's get into... let's, Let's get into the New York of it all. Let's talk some Stanford. What's up? Where are we at? Well, let's do, well, let's let's go back to last Friday. Where do we talk uh, title swap? The ill the yeah. ill fated title swap. Let's of talk. And let's talk drama. Let's, uh, there's the drama on the screen, and there's the drama that we obsess about on <laughs> Reddit and Twitter and message boards. Uh, yeah. The 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 work shootiness of it all. Um, we should just do a segment here. Welcome. <laughs> to, uh, welcome to was that a work shoot corner was uh, it a work the, or a shoot <laughs> uh, um, should we just do welcome to work shoot corner alright that's it's officially a segment on this show welcome yes. to work shoot corner alright so there is a the two women's champions were drafted to the opposite shows during the during the draft Charlotte and Becky Lynch uh, Charlotte Flair Becky Lynch appeared in the ring together on SmackDown on Friday to have a formal belt swap. Um, um, One of those things that you see announced earlier in the day, and you're like, there's no way they're really going to go through with this, right? Like, this is just clearly the setup for, like, the winner-take-all tag team match, right? They're not just going to switch titles and just go as a no. separate ways, right? Okay, so- no, it, obviously. And then Sonya Deville is there governing over things. People have been like, was she going to be an active participant for months now? So, like, that's a question mark. Um, eventually, Sasha Banks comes in and starts, you know, brawling with Charlotte and setting up their match, um, which is interesting, especially because if you go on WWE's YouTube page right now, you mm-hmm. can find the Sasha Banks-Charlotte fight. And you can, and there's a little bit of Becky Lynch in there at the beginning leading up to it. The title of the P, the title of the YouTube video is something like, you know, Sasha Banks interrupts title swap, or you know, <laughs> it, but there's not actually footage of the title swap. Now with good reason. <laughs> yeah. So this is a big moment. You would think that this would be something that they would, you know, that they would be making hay of. Um, but uh, everything went wrong. And it wasn't super obvious when you watched it on TV. 
Um, it was the sort of thing where your wife is like, is this what's supposed to be happening? And you're just like, yeah, I think so. You know, like whatever. <laughs> but, um, but so anyway, like Charlotte was supposed to hand the belt over. She threw it on the ground. It was clear by the expressions on, or in retrospect, by on Becky and Sonia's faces, that that's not what was supposed to happen. Right. There was, they finally got the belts in the right places. They were yelling at Charlotte in the ring. By the time Becky left, she was like really legitimately like, I'm like, I am getting the F out of here. See you guys later. Uh, and then before we could even be processed, stories start leaking out that Becky like just chewed Charlotte out in the locker room and everybody was excited for someone finally standing up to Charlotte. Um, because I guess the backstory is mm-hmm. so Charlotte. And this is according to Meltzer and Sean Ross Sapp and various other people. I, I don't want to give anybody the wrong credit, so I'll just say like it's a mishmash of credit. But there's this sort of undercurrent that Charlotte has been kind of very vocal of late into her own booking and like not wanting to look bad, right? Then separately, there's there's this story where she wanted to drop her title to Bianca Belair. Um, uh, on the August 24th episode of Oral Sessions, Charlotte told uh, told Renee that she and Becky aren't as close as they used to be. Um, uh, there's uh, there's all this uh, there's all this drama leading up to this moment, which I'm guessing is not what apparently was not the way Charlotte wanted the title swap or whatever. However, whatever you want to call it, as if it's a dropping of the title, it's not a swap. But mm-hmm. she didn't want the belts to change hands in this way, mm-hmm. and took it out on the segment. Right, took it out on the people, like you know, sandbag the people in the ring, and you know, apparently they had it out backstage. Apparently, Sonya Deville had it out with Charlotte backstage too. I mean, and there was just a whole lot of kind of drama. Now, let's let's so about that, right? There's the one thing I didn't like that happened this weekend was there was a whole lot of like Charlotte blaming, right? Like, I guess we, I'm glad that you're saying this. There's, okay. There's been a lot of like, let's make Charlotte flair look the absolute worst. She can look even like the pictures used on, 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 on articles about what took place. was just, you know, trying to make her look as worse as humanly possible. Um, I mean, that being said, Let's really look at what's happened to Charlotte in the past, like, several months, right? Like, okay, she was injured. Um, She either had surgery or needed time off from surgery, whether it was, you know, uh, cosmetic or or, or ring-related, something like that. Then, you know, her father is, in so many words, like, you know, uh, soft-blocked from the WWE or shadow band from WWE after the whole, uh, you know, plane ride from hell dark side of the ring documentary comes out after he had already asked for his release, by the way. So he was like bigger and better things. And then before anything before could actually anything take that place, could happen, this thing he gets drops. soft canceled. Yeah. Right. So it's not even like, you know, it's not, it's not that that has anything to do with Charlotte, but I'm pretty sure that's probably not the most fun thing to be around. No, 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 no. I, I don't think it, I don't think it, you can say it has nothing. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's too not much nothing. armchair psychology to say that Charlotte's it's not not nothing <laughs> if that were yeah. yeah it's like it's like you don't want to over obsess about a relationship with her father or her fiance yeah um but and then you got the night but, 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 like. but even if it's yeah but even if it's not even if if your dad wasn't in pro wrestling and that happened to him if this was just a thing going on with at your dad's like car dealership or his church or whatever yeah. This would still be a major 
thing in your life. Yes. And, and you know, it's to have, I mean, when Rick asked for his release, I, I said on the show, it's like, if you, if, if you are trying to make sure Charlotte knows that she has a home forever in WWE, you're going about it a really weird way, mm. right? By like releasing her fiance and then her father, like, you know, and the fiance was a shock and underusing him and whatever. I mean, it doesn't have to be a pure transaction, but I mean, even like I said, even if your dad's not in wrestling, this is a thing, right? And Definitely. but the thing is, her dad is in wrestling, and it's wrestling is in her blood in a very literal way, and her career is not just tied up with her dad, but it's tied up with the death of her brother. And there's like you know, and there's like, and listen, none of this stuff needs to matter because guess what? A lot of people, her father included did way worse shit than this backstage in their careers. And oh, people yeah. didn't report on it because they're dudes, oh, yeah. right? People didn't report on it because like, that's how the locker room works. And yeah. like, we, have, we just had a wrestler's court, you know, like, whatever. <laughs> like, like this shit happens, yeah. right? And it's, and guess what? If you're going to grab the brass ring, you're probably going to be the sort of person that's willing to just like, like say, fuck it when you're in the ring on occasion, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Not take, not, but, but, there have been a lot of moments in the Charlotte story that we've seen on TV that don't quite have good explanations. And people are justifiably wanting to fill in the blanks. I mean, it's interesting how many sources have apparently been out there, right? It's interesting that so many people are reporting this with confidence that people are, uh, the situation is, is, is apparently to a point where everybody who is a text, has a, you know, a text message relationship with any reporter is like, yeah, I'll talk. You know, like, let me tell you all about it. And you don't want to know the know. text messages I got this week from certain people, man. <laughs> it's, oh, really? It is. And I hate being that guy that says that and then doesn't really go into detail because it's a podcast. And I know you want to hear all that juicy gossip stuff. But to, you know, protect the innocent, it was not pretty. It was not pretty. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think without armchair psychoanalyzing too much. I feel very comfortable saying whatever happened, I hope like I hope Charlotte can get in a good place. You know, I hope that like chief that this is that this is not the end of the story or this is not like some moment that just like hangs on her. Like no. she's a hugely important and and talented performer and 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 I'll There's, tell you this. We and and we don't know. All we can really hope for is the best. It's like so reckless for us to be like, well, I hope she gets fired over it or no, like whatever. Hell no. No, don't waste your I mean, don't waste your time being negative because you don't know shit. But no. you but you don't you don't have to know anything to be like what I'm saying. Yeah. I hope it works out. I you hope know, I hope, I hope I hope these people like find some peace. Yeah, yeah. It it, it seems like a, a a tough situation for anybody to have to deal with. Added with the you know usual social media fire that comes with all this stuff man everybody you know i don't know i don't know who's in charge at wwe as far as like uh, a, a position i'm making up like head of morale or something <laughs> or like or or talent relations i guess like no they, like, yeah, no head of morale that's not around anymore when they got rid of the spirit squad <laughs> they just they, they, they left that title but um, no that's a charlotte flair is i mean if you're reading the tea leaves charlotte flair to me is somebody you can't afford to lose you can't afford to lose any of your women in my opinion because yeah. no matter where you go no matter what you think about any other company the wwe has far and away the best women's division in wrestling, like bar none. Like they just have, it's 
they started early, they recruited early, like they have the best talent, they have the most decorated, like they have gross the most, they're the most popular. The WWE women's division is bar none as far as like any other wrestling promotion. That being and- said, you lose somebody like Charlotte Flair. Ooh, that's a needle mover right there. That is a mm-hmm. needle mover in every sense I, of the word. Yeah, it's, there's no. I mean, she's she would stop traffic when you're flipping channels more than the fiend. I mean, oh, she's sure. just that that level. Uh, we got to keep moving, but I, but I do want to say there's a lot of people also that like get. I mean, listen, I understand fully why Sonya Deville and Becky Lynch are pissed off. They should be pissed off. If I was in their shoes, I would be even more pissed off probably, and I would be un, You know, I would not be speaking in complete sentences, but. <laughs> People get a little bit too, people on the internet and people like who aren't involved get a little bit too obsessed with like wrestling etiquette in moments like this. You know, it's just like, well, that would that would have never happened back in my day or back fans saying like back in the day that I used to watch, dude, this shit happened all the time. It happens. I mean, like whatever. More you than say, you do. Make it like making people. You know, oh, can I tell you a story? What's I'm up? sorry. We're never going to get to where we got to talk to. Guess who I talked to yesterday for an hour? Who? The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michael. No, you didn't. Tell me all about it. I was on a it. Zoom call. I was on a Zoom call with Shawn Michaels for one hour yesterday talking about some working on a, uh, doing a little interview for a podcast project that we have coming up. It's of several months off. So don't get, so get excited, but don't get that excited. This is <laughs> okay. going to be, this is, this is going to be a, this is going to be a hangman page level slow burn for this <laughs> thing coming out. But I was asking him about, there was that, the, the famous incident, um, uh, before the right, the, the raw before the first Hell in a Cell match uh, at Bad Blood '97, where Sean came out to the ring inexplicably wearing bicycle shorts with a stuffed crotch and nothing else, and he <laughs> cut a promo on the Undertaker wasn't even there, and they were, and he like he did a promo with Jr. and he was jumping up and down and bouncing, and Jr. was whatever and he was just. I mean, Sean Sean was out of his mind, right? right? And 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 he'll tell the story and he'll tell it better. But what a lot of people don't know is not only was he being a dope in that segment and like doing inexplicable stuff that just to seem to distract from the gravity of the moment, but afterwards, because they were doing a tape, because it was a tape, it was a, it was like the every other episode that was taped. After the interview, he said he waited, walked around the ring, gave them a, the edit mark, like to the camera, and then went back to the microphone just for fun and said, knowing full well the Undertaker is in a different city right now with Vince McMahon doing press for something, right? He goes to the JR's microphone. He said, if the Undertaker has any balls, he'll come out here right now and face me. I'll yeah. give him the, to the count of 10. And he counted to 10 and the Undertaker's up. not there and nothing happens. And everybody was just like, you buried the Undertaker. You buried <laughs> the Undertaker. And Sean was like, first of all, no, it wasn't for TV. Like I could just do that. But second of all, it's like, who cares, man? Like, like it was. A, if he had buried the Undertaker, it would have been a problem. Yeah. But the whole point of the story is that this shit's happened. People shit make happens. other people look bad because it shit happens, man. Um. And, all right, and honestly, it makes it more interesting for people like us to talk about. So yeah, it, it really does. All right, we we got to start cruising now because now we're our our, our babyface producer John's not even here today. We have a very special appearance by our smart mark producer Brian Brian H Waters, who's uh, sitting literally in front of a wall of replica belts right now. So we got to do him a favor and not make this take too long. Uh, Let's a roll. couple other notes from a couple other notes from SmackDown right now. One. Am I crazy or does Drew McIntyre on SmackDown feel special? He like, does? Is it, like this is like it's like the one draft pick where I'm just like, oh shit, look at him there. Like, isn't that isn't it cool? He looks very much more Braveheart on SmackDown than on Raw for yeah. some reason. Like when when he when he stepped out and the music hit 
and the sword and the flames hit, I'm like, Braveheart, this guy. Yeah, like it it just really goes to show that like the Fox presentation just really feels a lot more major league. And once yeah. you're on that show, no matter how you want to slice it, it's the A show. It's the big show. <laughs> so as much as Drew McIntyre has been kicking ass on Raw, him being on SmackDown definitely feels right. And he looks like he fits right in. And he looks like somebody that can give it to the Tribal Chief at any given moment. But we're going to slow burn it out until we're ready. So I like it. Feel you on that. My, I only have one other note from SmackDown. It's actually a quest to the a request to uh, Smart Mark producer uh, Brian H. Waters and the entire production team. I need a sound drop for this show that we can use forever of Michael Cole saying, now know this, it's money time. <laughs> and now know this, it's money time. Shout out Hit Row. That does not happen without the oh, guys man, of Hit Row. Was so good. Oh, man, it was boy. so good. It was so good. It's not It's not. It's boss time level, but it's well on its way. To be in my favorite, one of my favorite col- col- colloquialisms. <laughs> Nobody could sell it better than Michael Cole. All right, let's run through the week. Uh, Raw, we'll just hit on the main event briefly. We had a hell of a ladder match. Mm. Um, uh, hell of a performance by Kevin Owens, who, talking about Ring of Honor, has a long history of dying in ladder matches oh, yeah. uh, and and do it and looking amazing doing it. Um, Finn Balor with some of the selling of the century. And of course, your new number one contender uh, is Seth Rollins. It was a hell of a match. I'm glad that it's Seth. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, this match was fantastic because Seth came out different than he went in. You know, Seth, like Seth, you could kind of tell the story of Seth Rollins getting that number one contendership through the match itself, you know? And by the time he came out, it's like, I'm not, this isn't silly Seth. Obviously, Hell in the Cell did a lot for that too. Yeah. But, Man, I'm excited for this feud. I think Seth is exactly the right guy for Big E. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see what's it, what's what, what they do together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Seth, obviously. I love his, uh, you know, his uh, his Joker dancing in the, towards the entranceway now. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of the change of Burn It Down, but, like, it's really grown on me as a heel. Um, and the only thing that bothers me is that I'm a little worried that this might signify the end of a Big E run, right? Like, sooner than I'd want it to be. I mean, I'm looking at Survivor Series, and I'm looking at these champion versus champion matches, and I can't say I don't want to see Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns in a one-off real quick, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe you get the title back on Big E after Survivor Series, well, but I, no, I, I mean, I, 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 I was I was thinking the same thing, but I got to tell you, my 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 feeling is even worse, maybe for the Big E camp, which is that I think I think WWE will feel much more comfortable letting Big E eat a pin, mm. a meaningless Survivor Series pin, than they would Seth Rollins. Okay. But Seth Rollins could do it too. I know what you mean. I mean, it would be the first time they shotgun the title onto somebody just to get a better. Survivor Series card. They You've literally seen that. do they, it every year. <laughs> they do. They they do do it every year. Yeah. But there's but you but but I feel like we always go into Survivor Series saying like we know who's going to win that match. We know who can afford to eat the pin. Yeah. You know, and even if it's a bigger marquee match, it's a less of it's it's still an obvious ending. And I right. think you know 
Biggie Roman's maybe Biggie loses if, less. By, if they put listen, if they put the title on Seth, I think that's a good thing mm-hmm. for for Biggie mm-hmm. because Biggie doesn't have to lose in that match. But then he's still got it, you know. So if he just comes out and beats some people with you know a kendo stick afterwards, maybe that's just as good a performance for him. Who knows? Maybe, Who knows? Maybe. But anyway, great match on Monday. Fantastic. Really fantastic stuff. All right, uh, Halloween Havoc happened. Um, Toxic Attraction are your new tag team. Uh, uh, champs I don't know if anybody saw that clip on Twitter of Io Shirai eating that nasty ladder bump to the outside of the ring before the end Uh, I hope she's okay Uh, it was a fun fun match and it's the right move to have Mandy Rose and her crew holding belts that'll be they can have some fun with that Uh, we talked about Dakota Kai and we talked about Raquel Gonzalez losing the title Uh, Braun Breaker failed to dethrone Tommaso Ciampa. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, it was it, it was a it was a fun night. I mean, there was there was a lot of there were a lot of good there's a lot of good stuff. Is there anything else that you want to want to hit on with that? It was a cool show. Nothing nothing too much to write home about outside of that triple threat uh, ladder, tag team ladder match, which was uh, incredible. Um, I think Braun Breaker not winning the title uh, lets you know just how highly they think of Braun Breaker, right? Like, I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, they know this guy's going to be money very, very soon. And, you know, building up this rivalry with Ciampa, like it's, it's already gone past the respect phase. So now it's going to eventually get into a phase where, you know, Braun's got to, you know, take it to another level and he can afford to not be champion right away and still be over like Rover, which is, you know, the best cosign you can get from those guys. So, even though I was surprised that Braun Breaker didn't go over, I'm not mad at it because it just shows yeah, me neither. That he's he's you know he's still big time and he's ready to go. I got to tell you, after after an uncomfortable beginning, I'm, I kind of like the Harlan Joe Gacy combo if they're going to keep those guys together. Imperium Union Tag Team Champs, uh, that was a hell of a match. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of fun stuff on that show. Uh, it felt like that was the appropriate way to enjoy a Halloween on the wrestling show, unless you're, you know, want to talk about the fun that AEW had. We already talked about that a lot. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, Cody Rhodes beat Malachi Black since we last talked on Dynamite. Uh, Malachi Black cut a hell of a promo on Instagram that uh, on uh, subsequently on uh, on on Dynamite last night. Dude, they just make those things look so good, uh, and and he is just amazing at it. I mean, Malachi Black could, Malachi Black could like read the phone book and make you hide under your bed doing it. Like he's he's a gifted man. Uh, One of the funniest things I saw on Twitter, somebody I think Cameron Hawkins uh, tweeted a picture of Andrade and uh, Malachi Black together, and it says. When your friends, when your homegirl's boyfriend is actually kind of cool, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's awesome." <laughs> That's great. Um, what else? Uh, Sheeta, Serena Deeb with just a freaking clinic. Like, mm-hmm. let them wrestle every day. That was it. Was so good. Glad to see Serena Deeb get in those after match beatdown too. That's gotta stay thing, hot. Not the thing. Not the thing you see all the time mm-hmm. in the women's wrestling. Uh, um, we're cruising towards Cody Pack versus uh, Andrade Malachi. I should have said that with the previous thing, but that's fine by me. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, John Moxley's a heel. He chews people's faces now. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, are you in? Are you in on heel Moxley? I've been. I've been. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, he always should have been a heel. He's a 
Uh, he's a heel for the right but reasons, right? Like I'll he say just this: doesn't care about anything yeah. but his daughter. You know what I mean? So he's and he he's he is he is going running headlong into an Orange Cassidy moment, which is going to just make wrestling make fans and the internet eat itself. Yeah. It's amazing at AEW that they have a few guys. Orange Cassidy first and foremost, probably. Um, but you know, we saw the same thing with with. Um, Fuego uh, when, uh, earlier, uh, several months ago. But the, the, AEW has a few guys who you can beat them up and get crazy heat. Oh, yeah. And Jungle that's Boy the sort is of another thing. one. Jungle Boy, that's the sort Orange of... Cassidy, Fuego del Sol. Beat those yeah. guys up and people will hate you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, they, and they, they've they earned it and they use it. And it's, wow, man. I can't wait to see. I mean, John Moxley could be the world's biggest heel if he beats Orange Cassidy to the... To, some degree. Moxie's still GCW champion, correct? Yeah. Oh, which, by the way, we didn't even mention this earlier. The Briscoes are the tag team champions over there. They must have seen this whole ROH thing coming because <laughs> they just jumped over there. Um, and I think, was it Dragon Lee? Somebody somebody else has just announced that they were going to be there. So, um, Bandito. Yeah. No, Bandito. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's, shouldn't have gotten those two confused. But yeah, so, so there's a you know, there's a whole bunch of the GCW movement now, man. If somebody wanted to go be a money mark and drop five million dollars into GCW, <laughs> I mean, they're bigger now than, in some ways, than like Ring of Honor was at their at, in the in the heyday. You know, I mean, like the but so yeah, you know, I think I think like GCW and MLW are like fighting for that third. You know, I, I don't even mm-hmm. want to put Impact in there because I think Impact has a lot of uh, legacy that GCW and MLW don't terribly have right now, but I think they're fighting for that alternative, underground, gruesome, you know what I mean? Like, you know, form of American wrestling that ECW kind of gave us back in the day. So, uh, but I think GCW, GCW's got, got, got some heat right now, man. Can't be mad at them. Yeah, we should let's let's talk to Bill. Maybe we can get Ringer the Ringer Wrestling Federation off the ground finally. Hey, we, we, we can just get in there too. Um <laughs> five million right, is uh, nothing to Bill. All right. Cut the check, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> the million dollar man over here. Uh I, I we gotta get out of here. I want to close on this one thing. Yeah. Um that punk fish match was really good. Yes. And I just want to acknowledge after weeks of punk cutting promos and sitting in on announce tables and working sort of rah-rah matches and blah 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 punk's being booked punk is be it is clear now if it ever wasn't before punk is being booked baby i mean punk is he the 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 higher he climbs up the rankings the more trouble he's having he's getting exhausted he's getting frustrated i'm so it made me so excited to see just the angst at the end of that match that was totally throwaway because and I say always, always trust, always trust AEW. I mean, they've they've earned it. But when it starts like paying off, it just it, it's 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 cool. And I and I'm excited to see wherever they go with this punk thing. I am too. I think uh, everybody is still happy to see punk and still happy to listen to Colts of personality when he comes in. But I think even he knows, like, okay, even as a babyface, I can still work in this great. Um, you know, uh, gravitas I've earned with the audience and not bore them with the, hey, guys, I'm so happy you're back and blah, 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 blah. Um, Slow burns. AEW has not disappointed me with one of their slow burns yet. 
So I'm pretty sure you don't spend a zillion dollars on bringing in CM Punk if you don't have big plans for him storyline-wise. Or at least Punk probably has just big plans for himself storyline-wise outside of the, the the victory lap of returning uh, would give him. So I'm interested. Let's see where it goes. Let's see where it goes from here. Let's see where it goes. All right. Happy Halloween, everybody. Get your uh, wrestling costumes ironed and and hung straight so that you look you look good this weekend. Oh yeah. Look good in your in your in your lucha masks or your your singlets or your <laughs> your um your uh airbrush muscled El Gigante costumes. There's <laughs> there's uh uh oh sorry giant gonzalez. I, I totally wait which one was which? Yeah giant, giant gonzalez. gonzalez yeah <laughs> yeah um uh guys i hope that i hope you have a good time um kaz you want to get your plugs in yeah man check me out on say less with uh kaz okay rosie every monday on youtube.com slash kazim and wherever you listen to podcasts msgpm is back november 10th right after the knicks versus the milwaukee bucks and after every knicks and rangers home game live from madison square garden uh other than that you can catch me right here talking graps with my god david shoemaker yeah. yeah, you know where to find me. Uh, you might find me. I mean, I, Rosenberg called me from his show yesterday, so I might be on there. I have no idea if that was a real segment or if he was just messing with me. So, okay. I, I, so I guess look out for that. Uh, special thanks this week to uh, uh, our Smart Mark producer, Brian H. Waters, filling in for Babyface Production Assistant, John Kerma. And apologies, as always, to John Moxley, to heal John Moxley. Whoa. Don't bite me. Yeah, don't say it now. I'll beat your ass and bite you in the face. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Peace. <laughs>